Hi friends, this is JFET. Whether you're around the corner or across the world, welcome to The Daily Walk. I want you to take a moment today to pause in Jesus and see what new thing could take place in your life. At the end of this podcast, you can download our app, Boulder Church, or visit us online at boulder.church to connect. And remember, we would love to hear from you as we prepare for our messages every Saturday morning on The Daily Walk. Good morning. It is Monday, February 25. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And uh, let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you again for this text. I want to thank you for the opportunity to read the entire passage. And as it draws us to the close of this epic book of Isaiah, may it inspire us to renew our commitment and relationship to you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The blessing to read the whole passage. Yes. Yes. Indeed. I am so blessed. Well, Let's glad, go straight I'm glad, to I'm glad it. You feel that. I'm I glad have to that start now. There's right. no time. <laughs> Isaiah 66, New Living Translation, the NLT. This is what the Lord says Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? My hands have made both heaven and earth, they and everything in them are mine. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will bless those who have humble and contrite hearts who tremble at my word. But those who choose their own ways, delighting in their detestable sins, will not have their offerings accepted. When such people sacrifice a bull, it is no more acceptable than a human sacrifice. When they sacrifice a lamb, it's as though they had sacrificed a dog. When they bring an offering of grain, they might as well offer the blood of a pig. When they burn frankincense, it's as if they had blessed an idol. I will send them great trouble, all the things they feared. For when I called, they did not answer. When I spoke, they did not listen. They deliberately sinned before my very eyes and chose to do what they know I despise. Hear this message from the Lord, all you who tremble at his words. Your own people hate you and throw you out for being loyal to my name. Let the Lord be honored, they scoff. Be joyful in him, but they will be put to shame. What is all the commotion in the city? What is that terrible noise from the temple? It is the voice of the Lord taking vengeance against his enemies. Before the birth pains even begin, Jerusalem gives birth to a son. Who has ever seen anything as strange as this? Who ever heard of such a thing? Has a nation ever been born in a single day? Has a country ever come forth in a mere moment? But by the time Jerusalem's birth pains begin, her children will be born. Would I ever bring this nation to the point of birth and then not deliver it, asks the Lord? No, I would never keep this nation from being born, says your God. Rejoice with Jerusalem, be glad with her, all you who love her, and all you who mourn for her. Drink deeply of her glory, even as an infant drinks at its mother's comforting breasts. This is what the Lord says, I will give Jerusalem a river of peace and prosperity. The wealth of the nations will flow to her. Her children will be nursed at her breasts, carried in her arms and held on her lap. I will comfort you there in Jerusalem as a mother comforts her child. When you see these things, your heart will rejoice. You will flourish like the grass. Everyone will see the Lord's hand of blessing on his servants and his anger against his enemies. See, the Lord is coming with fire, and his swift chariots roar like a whirlwind. He will bring punishment with the fury of his anger and the flaming fire of his hot rebuke. The Lord will punish the world by fire and by his sword. He will judge the earth, and many will be killed by him. Those who consecrate and purify themselves in a sacred garden with its idol in the center, feasting on pork and rats and other detestable meats, will come to a terrible end, says the Lord. I can see what they are doing, and I know what they are thinking. So I will gather all nations and peoples together, and they will see my glory. 
I will perform a sign among them, and I will send those who survive to be messengers to the nations, to Tarshish, to the Libyans and the Lydians who are famous as archers, to Tubal and Greece, and to all the lands beyond the sea that have not yet heard of my fame or seen my glory. There they will declare my glory to the nations. They will bring the remnant of your people back from every nation. They will bring them to my holy mountain in Jerusalem as an offering to the Lord. They will ride on horses and chariots and wagons and on mules and camels, says the Lord. And I will appoint some of them to be my priests and Levites. I, the Lord, have spoken. As surely as my new heavens and earth will remain, so will you always be my people with a name that will never disappear, says the Lord. All humanity will come to worship me from week to week and from month to month. As they go out, they will see the dead bodies of those who have rebelled against me. For the worms that devour them will never die, and the fire that burns them will never go out. All who pass by will view them with utter horror. Hmm. All right. The emotional tone of this chapter is buried, wouldn't you say? It is. It's all over the place. Do you see in this one here, actually, in this translation, the contrast now between the two groups? The two groups being the ones who are humble and the ones who are not? Yeah. The and, ones and who eat the rats <laughs> and the ones who don't? Um, well, I, I see yeah. a contrast. It's harder to know what the ones who are... It's very clear to me it, what's going on with the ones who are <laughs> problematic. Problematic. It is interesting, though, however, in, in verse 5, uh, I think that's where it is, it says, Hear this message of the Lord. Um, your own people hate you and throw you out for being loyal to my name. Yeah, it's odd because well, it's hard. What I noticed with this is that it's hard to know who he's talking to. Yeah. You know, it's it seems like the audience is constantly shifting because in that moment it sounds like he's talking to people who are in fact loyal, to but the loyal, rest of the time yet, it sounds like he's hectoring people for not being loyal. And yet they've been and yet they've been pushed away. Um, but there is this. I mean, it is epic, uh, and it is definitely the finale of this entire thing. But uh, let's go to the question for today, uh, the recap question. I want to encourage you to read the Daily Walk. It's boulder.church forward slash daily. And none other than Becky has actually written it this week. Yes. Actually, for, she's writing it for this entire series, The Lion and the Lamb. So, Am I? Uh, Am I writing every single week? Oh, yeah. You know no, I didn't that. know that. I oh. I was just doing this one oh, week. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yikes. Seriously, oh. did I agree to that? <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't, but okay. <laughs> That's the most depressing thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> that's good. I just mentioned that right now. That's good. Wow, yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Yeah, good. So good that we communicated that well. Mm. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, what are the ways you feel comfortable worshiping God? How might being reverent and responsive to God manifest differently in your life? Yeah, here I one talked be, to that and I suggested... Be, I don't um, want to write the daily walk. yeah. Well, I was thinking about, you know, obviously it gives many examples of people doing things like giving sacrifices that they would think were a good thing that they're doing. Yeah. And God is constantly saying, no, you do that. And it's like (laughs) pig's blood. And we know know what pig's blood means. Um, So I just thought, you know, chances are, chances are very good that we are screwing up in the way that we worship God. It feels like no matter what we're doing, we're probably doing it wrong. Given that all the things that he listed were things that were the things that they were supposed to do, I believe. That's why I think so, sometimes we, we we fight over some of the stuff and I think to myself, really, there's just we, it's just an unnecessary strain on our souls. Well, and, you know, I, I advised people and I looked at it a little bit myself, the story of Cain and Abel. Oh, yeah. And it's never been clear to me what um, Cain's actual motivation was in bringing the fruits and vegetables and whether or not he knew that God had a specific requirement 
as a sacrifice and whether he just, I mean, that's how the story's always been told to me, mm. that he knew and he was like, eh, I think I'm going to bring fruits and vegetables. But the text doesn't really say that. It explains very little about what he knew and what he didn't know, what his motivations were. We only know that God reacted badly to it and Cain reacted badly to God reacting badly. Yeah. And yeah. that's all we know. Well, maybe maybe the context helps as well that Moses telling the story uh, to a, a group of people who actually do understand that the sacrifice is the is the method. And well, I mean, I know that they understood it, but I'm saying... And so maybe that's why did pieces... Did Cain understand it? Pieces, yes, I believe he did. Uh, okay, so I guess what I'm struggling with here is that then the equivalent for us right would be way? there is some definite right way to worship and that we know the right way and that we're choosing well, to do it the wrong way. And there are people the who believe that, you know, if you use drums, you were doing it the wrong is way. It, is it was, was it about how high the altar was or was it about, you know, was it I don't know, well? actually. Was it all that kind of stuff? I don't about, know what it was or about. Or was it actually about the attitude and motive of what he was doing? Was it about the substance of... He, again, you can't tell what his attitude or his and motive so, were. And so the key the key is that when he comes to worship, I think, is that obviously you don't just take one passage. You take the context of who God is, uh, what he's calling us to, and, and passages like this put together with all the others. I think they all uh, bring a much bigger picture of who God is calling well, us to be. It's just hugely alarming because I can say I, for one, and I think this probably applies to more people than just me, yeah. often have a not great attitude or the not, not the right attitude. It's very hard to have the right attitude because if you're thinking about your attitude, then you're already finished, right? What? You're that, thinking, that, huh, oh. what a great attitude I have. Well, then you, you've just committed... <laughs> The cardinal sin. The sin no, of pride. Or, mean, yes. That's actually great. No, it's not. You can't be thinking that you have a good attitude. Look how, I wonder, I bet God is really pleased with me because of my attitude well, right yeah, now. Well, you're like that. Well, if you're yeah. That, yeah. So <laughs> if you're, you're either having an attitude like that, which okay. people probably the question do, is, or... why are you thinking that? I don't know, because you're not supposed to be thinking. It's like thinking about red monkeys. <laughs> yeah, and now you're thinking right? about it. Of course. Yeah. So it's just very, it's hard to control... Um, your thoughts and impulses and attitudes at every moment of every day. I mean, you just can't do that. Uh, I think so, it is so, easier to control what you do. So often we get this, oh, it doesn't, you know, coming yeah. to church doesn't matter. You just have to have the right attitude. And I'm like, well, you know, what about the days that you don't have the right attitude? Maybe you show up and do the thing that you believe is the right thing to do and hope that your attitude in some way follows. Because um, I think if you're always waiting for your attitude, then I mean, you could be waiting a long time well, for think, anything. I don't think you have any text inside the Bible saying that if you come with a bad attitude, God's going to say to you that He's not interested in talking to you. He always is. I mean, the Bible's whole narrative is that God is saying that He is engaged in our story. He wants to be part of it, and His His grace is so sufficient to handle the kind of extremities of how we actually communicate to him. I think the issue that he's saying here is that those who know, mm. uh, know better, uh, choose differently. And he's asking them to actually... Know? Well, uh, I would some, like to meet somebody. I, think, I mean, I, I have think met some people of us who do think know. they know. I think some of us do know some, some things. And I think there are some elements that actually are reasonable. Um, but I think that obviously it, it does shift. Have you and, ever heard about um, just a kind of a theory of personality about tolerance for ambiguity that people differ in terms of this trait yes. people have either you know it's kind of a spectrum yeah. you either have almost no tolerance for yeah, ambiguity or I've you have them. quite a bit yeah and it just feels like <laughs> i don't like you need a certain amount of tolerance for ambiguity here Which but is then, actually great but then the bible is often not very is, right? 
Yeah. So do you, and, and actually this is what this whole text is this week. So let me repeat the question because we yeah, don't, we, we're this is ju- judgment. I mean, we're actually, out of time by the time I'm done reading. Yeah, <laughs> nearly. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's actually really important because this is actually what it comes down to this entire week. And what I'm going to preach on on Sabbath is, is addressing this idea of what judgment means. So here's a question. What are the ways you feel comfortable worshiping God? How might being reverent and responsive to God manifest differently in your life? Think about that. Definitely talk about it with your friends and loved ones. Look after each other, live love, and we'll connect tomorrow. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Daily Walk podcast today. Hey, if you remember, if you have any questions, reach out to us online at boulder.church. And if you can help support us, please feel free to give online at boulder.church forward slash give. Until next time, look after each other and live love.